You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. The one who promises and keeps his word, keeps his promise. The one who doesn't fail. That is the God that has sustained us. sends his word, sends his promises, stands by his word, backs up his promises. That is the God that we have come to this morning. And so in one breath, I just want you to say thank you. Just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I am alive. Thank you, Jesus, for preserving me in the last 10 months. I'm grateful. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God for every way that I have experienced your mercy and your grace. I'm grateful. And I just want to say thank you this morning. Thank you for preservation. Thank you for life. Thank you for strength. Thank you for filling me with wisdom. Thank you for my business endeavors. Thank you for my job. That I have a job, even though I got a pay reduction, I'm still thankful. That I am standing in your presence today in, in, in soundness of mind, soundness of health, physical health, Lord, I'm grateful. And I have come to return all praise to you today. In Jesus' name we give thanks. Amen. Amen. And I'd like to pray very quickly for anyone, if it's your birthday in the month of November, your birthday, your wedding anniversary, if you're celebrating any milestone, um, can I just pray quickly with you, whether you're here physically or you're watching online uh, we join our faith with you and we bless you today we decree in the name of the Lord Jesus that you grow in grace you grow in health you grow in wisdom we declare that the hand of the Lord will rest mightily upon you and that this year for those celebrating birthdays or wedding anniversaries we declare in the name of Jesus that the Lord will surprise you he will take you into new levels new heights you will grow from grace to grace, from glory to glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we've prayed. Amen. 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 All right, uh, let's do this. So this month of November, we're going to be discussing, uh, the teaching series is centered on being audacious. Being audacious. And um, what does it mean to be audacious? It means to be bold, to be fearless. In fact, someone puts it as unflinchingly fearless. 
being courageous, taking the bull by the horn, and doing that which it is that you have been ordained, proposed to do, stepping out in faith. But for today's um, service, for today's message, we're zoning in on walking in a perfect storm. As we all know, and you would all agree, that year 2020 has been a turbulent year. It has been a stormy year. It has been a year where a lot of our plans have not completely panned out the way we wanted them to. I mean, when you were crafting your vision board, when you were designing your vision board for 20, or setting your goals for 2020, I am pretty sure that you did not plan COVID into it, especially for those who start early. So some of you are very efficient like that. You get started like quarter four of the pre previous year from October. You already know what it is you want to do. In fact, I remember sometime in, was it December, either, December, either November or December, I was sitting with one, one of my mentors and we're talking through my 2020 plans. I promise you guys, and I'm being very honest here, there was no resident pastor of LifePoint Church inside my 2020 plans. It wasn't there. It, didn't, it did not feature at all, you know. Definitely COVID wasn't there. In fact, I look at those plans right now and I've had to realign and realign and readjust because I look at them and I'm like, well, God, you shall know everything. You are a master planner. The things that I didn't plan have made their way into the plan. The things that I planned, not everything has panned out. And I imagine that that's probably somebody here, that's, that's your experience. Most of us, it's safe to assume that most of us, for a few people, I mean, I remember someone sharing her testimony with us, uh, her God experience and telling us how that all the things she asked God for, bam, 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 God, God had done it. I mean, the 2020 request had been done literally first half of the year. Some people have such experiences, some others, it hasn't been quite that way. Maybe out of 10 things you've been believing God for, he's done a quarter or half, or maybe three quarters of it. But wherever it is you are on the, on the entire spectrum, wherever it is you, you are, well, whatever your experiences have been, 2020 has been a year of surprises. It has been a year where things you didn't plan have featured. It has been a year where the things you planned haven't quite happened. It has been a year where you've, probably shed tears. It's been a year where you've probably, you know, been angry. In fact, I can boldly say that in the month of October, a lot of us would have been very angry. We would have dealt with anger. We would have dealt with pain, maybe some trauma because of the things that have happened in our nation, because of the things that have happened with young people. We, 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 we've entered into a, a wave. We, we've saw and experienced a wave that we have not um, experienced, some people haven't experienced before. Because as at the time, certain um, national conversations and protests were happening, maybe you were not born yet. Or maybe if you were born, you were probably very young, and so you didn't make most of, you, 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 it, it wasn't uh, personal to you. But you exist in a time and an age where this is you fighting for something you believe in. This is you lending your voice to conversations that will bring about change. 
that will birth the new Nigeria that we have been believing and trusting God for. And yet, while in the, in the, in the midst of that being excited about just people uniting and coming together and, and having conversations and, and hope coming alive, all of a sudden, we begin to see action and certain inaction that begins, it appears like we're watching, you know, a Nollywood production. But unfortunately, this production doesn't end, it doesn't end well, because lives are lost in the process. And our government makes it appear as though we're unintelligent. So many emotions you probably have been dealing with and you are still dealing with. For some, your emotions are very raw. And I'm with you. I'm with you on that plane. However, despite the storm, despite and in spite of this storm, in spite of the winds and the waves that are blowing, either in your personal experiences, your life, your relationship, your finances, your job, your business, your mental health, your physical health, your body health, whatever it is that you're battling with, whatever storm is raging. We're going to examine the scriptures today and see how to handle storms, how to walk through perfect storms, because it is very important that we lay this foundation as we begin to build on living audacious lives, as we begin to build on living lives where the audacity of our faith determines the outcomes of our lives. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for you are here with us. We are gathered unto you and not to man. And so, Lord, we ask uh, that as we listen, we will be nourished by your word, that the entrance of your word will produce light in us, that your, work, your word will do its work in us. It will transform us from the inside out in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we will not remain the same. We will not remain the same. Your word will come forth in simplicity, with accuracy and with power, transforming us, changing us, changing mindsets, breaking yokes, in the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. The, the phrase perfect storm sounds a bit like an oxymoron. It sounds like, you know, putting two inaccurate things or th things that don't necessarily fit together. You're putting them together. Perfect storm. When a storm blows, in its wake, it leaves debris. In its wake, it leaves confusion. Things are destroyed. A storm by nature is destructive. However, there is something called a perfect storm. There is a term called a perfect storm. And interestingly, it has a dictionary definition. It says a particularly violent storm arising from a rare combination of adverse meteorological factors. Yes, that's the word. An especially bad situation caused by a combination of unfavorable circumstances. That is by the Oxford English Dictionary. An extremely bad situation in which many bad things happen at the same time. So it is only perfect because of its coordination of, and sequencing of events. However, by default and by true definition, a storm should not be perfect. 
Also, there was a movie that was released sometime in 2000, I think, yes, it featured one of my favorite actors, George Clooney. I like him. And uh, it was actually a, a what you might call it now, it was a, they made it after the real life event, a real life event that actually happened. Very old movie, uh, but you can check it out if you're interested in. You know, and it's very interesting to note that in spite of the storm, despite the perfect nature of a storm, no matter the aftermath, the effects, the damaging effects of a storm, God always has a plan. God always has a plan. When we're in the midst of a storm, we don't think about it. When you are struggling, when someone is dealing with a health issue, the last thing, the farthest thing from their mind is that God has a plan. You struggle to understand that God has a plan for you. When you see your finances being depleted, when you make a wrong or a poor investment decision, how does God have a plan in the midst of all that? When a protest goes south and people's lives are lost in the process, how do you say that God has a plan? But he does. Absolutely. You see, because his word says to us that before we were formed in our mother's womb, he knew us. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. He created you for a specific purpose. He created you to fulfill his plans. And as such, when you are going through a storm, it is not the absence of God in that storm. Because a lot of times we struggle to, to, to convince ourselves that God is even aware. Some people struggle with the notion that God is aware of what they're going through. And as such, when they engage with God, it's almost as though, can't you see what is happening to me right now? God, I don't get it. Like, how can you, how can you be God and this is happening? How can you exist and this is happening to me? Or this is happening to somebody I know? And I know that the month of October in particular, I mean, let me even backtrack to all the way from February, March, has left a lot of us with questions. Questions that we believe we, des we deserve an answer to or answers to. I want to show you from the word the answers that you seek this morning. And I trust God that you would live here. If you've come here, you know, very burdened, if you've come here with questions, if you've come here with pain, if you are here or watching online and you are angry, I trust that the Lord will reach you where you are and his word will heal you. His word will deliver you. He will give you the answers that you see, that you would encounter light this morning and that you would, you know, you would, you would live feeling very relieved your burdens will be lifted in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so there's someone we're going to, you know, study very quickly. And it's in the book of Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. It's a long read, but I will just take um, some parts of it. This was when Paul um, had been arrested. And, I mean, he was arrested for proclaiming the gospel, very simply. He had been transformed became a very vocal um, ambassador of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And then some guys obviously got very offended and decided he needed to be tried. And so he was being transported because his life was threatened. He was being moved, I think, to, to Rome for, for the trial. And in Acts 27, we see from verse 4, it says, when we had put to sea, this was Paul's account of, of, of what went down. When we had put to sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because the winds were contrary. The winds were contrary. And I know that for a lot of us, this 2020, the winds have been contrary. The winds have been against our plans. The winds have been against the agenda we believe we received from God. The winds have been against the promises that we heard very clearly. The winds have been contrary. And when we had sailed over the sea, which is off Cilicia and Paphilia, we came to Myra, a city in Lycia. Then the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy, and he put us on board. Paul was traveling with other prisoners, by the way. He was traveling with other inmates. And then let's see how this story pans out. Um, when we had sailed slowly many days, arrived with difficulty off Credios, Credos. The wind not permitting us to proceed, we sailed under the shelter of Crete of Salmon. Passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Heavens, near the city of Lassia. Verse 10. Um, so Paul advised them, because obviously they had been traveling against the current. You know, the winds had been very heavy. The winds had been, you know, throwing them off course. And so Paul would advise them in verse 10, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and sheep, but also our lives. Now, Paul here issues a warning to these guys, his, his fellow companions, the centurion and the guys who had arrested them and, and the soldiers. I sense that this will not end in praise. I sense that we will be in great trouble if we don't, you know, do something about this issue. He issues a warning. Now, I don't know if anybody in the course of just living in 2020, you may have been issued a warning. You may have received an impression from the Holy Spirit advising you against an investment decision, advising you against, you know, a relationship decision advising you against maybe a job offer, but still you went ahead. And right now you are sitting and you're listening to me, maybe in the comfort of your home or right here in the auditorium, and you're asking, you're beating up yourself. I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't relocate back to Nigeria end of last year. I should have stayed on at my job. I should have stayed on, you know, in the country I was. I would not have been in this kind of you know, mess that I currently am. You are beating up yourself thinking that the reason why you are where you are is because you didn't listen to good counsel. It is because you didn't listen to the impressions and the nudgings you had in your heart. Whatever it is that may have gone wrong or you perceive went wrong because of either an action you took or an inaction. Can I say to you this morning very clearly that the mercy of God is able, still very much able to override whatever mistakes or errors that you have committed. And we see from this story in Acts 27 how the events of this journey pans out. It ends up that, they, I mean, they do lose their voyage, they lose the ship, they lose belongings, but they did not lose their lives. And we see, we're going to see how that um, happens. 
But before then, I just want to remind somebody here today, listening to me, Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a very popular scripture. The NLT translation says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. You may have had a disastrous 2020 so far. As at January 1st to 31st of October. You may have experienced disaster, but God is saying to you this morning, that is not the plan that I have for you. The plans I have for you are not plans for disaster. The plans I have for you are not plans to put you under. The plans I have for you are not plans that you get swallowed up and you lose yourself, you lose your mind, you lose everything and almost your life in the process. Those are not the plans that I have for you. The plans that I have for you are good plans to give you a future and a hope. They are good plans to give you a future and a hope. And as such, it is best that we align with God's plans. It is best that regardless of whatever is going on in our lives, going on in our, in our climb, going on in our nation. In fact, this, it's, if, I mean, COVID is a global pandemic. But even in the Anglophone um, you know, countries, they are dealing with their own issues there. There are so many things that everybody's clamoring for. Everybody wants things, different things ended. There is end Anglophone killings. There is, I mean, hashtag Congo bleeding. Congo is bleeding, you know. There are different things that people want to end. There is end boo-boo, end bad governance, end corruption, and end everything except your life. That is the one that cannot afford to end. That is the one that should not end. Some people have shut down in October. You have literally shut down. Like, you are so numb, you can't do anything because you are in a lot of pain. You are in a lot of pain. And God's heart is reaching out to you this morning because he wants you to move. And he's trying to remind you that I have a plan for you. The plan I have for your life does, did not end at Lekito. The plan I have for your life did not end when you lost your job. It didn't end when you got a pay cut. It didn't end when you lost your investments or depleted your finances. It did not end when that guy left you or when that girl left you and said you were not good enough for them. Or in some cases, as they nicely put it, the problem is with me, it's not you. I always wonder, maybe, I mean, I, I'm, it's the, the problem is with me, it's me, it's not you. Regardless of whatever it is you have experienced, regardless if you're married here today, you know, and, and you're asking yourself, I didn't know this was how marriage was going to be. They didn't tell me this during premarital counseling. They didn't tell me that I'm going to have to deal with a lot of this, that I'm going to have to, that, that I would need to literally, you know, be quiet when I have the right to talk and express myself. Whatever it is you are experiencing, God has a plan. And he has the best plans. You see, we all, we, I mean, we're a generation where, especially depending on, your, on the nature of your temperament, if you're like me, you're probably a planner. And as such, you plan in advance. You plan your life, you plan what you eat, you, you plan everything. The mistake some of us make is we sometimes even plan God out of the picture. You know, we make our grand plans. And this is very important. So go along with me, guys, because 
we are going to, I mean, we're entering into another planning season, another planning cycle. And a lot of us are beginning to think about 2021 already. For some people, you have 10-year plans, you have five-year plans, and it's fantastic. But you see, what we sometimes do is we make our plans, our very grand plans, and then we carry them and we say to God, what do you think? Sometimes we don't even ask him what he thinks. We say, God, please bless it. Bless these plans. Let them happen exactly as I've written them. By November 2021, I want to own a Maserati. I want to have a house in Banana Island. I want to, you know, um, I've completed my, or started a course in Harvard. Um, add to the mix some, you know, 100 million or 30 billion in my accounts. Bless these plans. We don't go to God asking him, God, what is your plan for my life? Because your word says that you knew me before you formed me. And so you have a plan, and that the plans you have for me are good plans. We don't go to him asking, God, what are you saying? What is your plan for the month of November and the rest of this year? Because I want to be fully aligned with your plan. I want your plan for my life. Sometimes we, we, I mean, we, 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 we engage with God from a distance. We know that God is almighty. I mean, he's, he's an amazing God and all of that stuff. People say, about, say all these nice things about God. And then I come to church and the band sings about how, how marvelous God is, how great he is. And they remind me that we're going to be all right and, and all them nice things. But when it gets to the actual living, we forget all these things. And we make these grand plans without involving him in the process, without seeking his face and asking his thoughts. God, what do you think? God, what is, should I proceed in this direction? How should I proceed? Do you even want me to go for this, you know, do you want me to take this job? I'm considering a career change. You see, I remember sometime, I think it was last year or two years ago, and, and Pierre was teaching us about planning and, and reminding us that God is a planner. And that is so true. God is a planner. And so if you're not a planner, I was gonna say yeah, maybe you're not like God, but that's not correct. Sometimes if all you can plan for is a week or a month, the next month, it's okay. But to live and exist and not have any plans is almost ungodly. Because God will make plans. And we see how he makes plans in the scriptures. He will say to Noah, I need you to build me an ark. It will be of this size, it will be of this breadth, this length, this depth, and all. He will give him exact measurements. Why? Because there's a flood coming. And I want the people who are righteous to be preserved. I want the people who have stood by me, who have honored my name, I want them preserved. God makes plans. God looked ahead he saw you and I, and he said, for these ones to remain with me and to remain in me, I need to send my son to die ahead and pay the ultimate price with his life. So God makes plans. He will make the, create the heavens, he will create the earth. He will give us seas, he will give us grass, you know. For those who are not in any small group, I'll, I'll talk about that later, but I'm in the plant, <laughs> Plant lovers, small group. Yes, are my plant lovers 
my plant lovers community, are you guys in church today? Or you're online? If you're online, just say hey. But if you are in church, yes. I don't have, I mean, let me, move, let me just focus. Because I was going to talk about, <laughs> I, was, I was going to talk about why I'm in that group. But I'm not sure that it would be a very nice sell for the group. So let me focus. But please join a small group. Very important. So, God has the best plans, guys. God has the best plans. And he makes plans. And he needs for us to start planning. So, knock, knock. Awaken from your slumber. Wake up. Now is the time to begin to move. When you have been hit the hardest is when you get up. Wipe your tears. Dust your, you know, clothes. Dust yourself. Pick yourself up. And get moving. Get moving with God. Get moving with God. Knowing that he's going before you. He's orchestrating and mapping out the plans for your life. Sitting and wailing in despondency and despair will do you no good. Because guess what? You will run out of tears at some point. He left me, he left me. You will get tired of singing that song. Because life will move on. People will move on. People will stop eating you. You need to get up and put your life together, get your acts together, and follow God. And so we see in, in um, Acts 27 here, verse 14, as they continued on their journey, not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose, called Euroclidon. So when the ship was caught, could not head into the wind, they allowed the ship run its course. Fast forward to verse 18. Because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day, they lightened the ship, and so they began to lose things. They had to throw their stuff into the sea to reduce the weight of the ship so that they would not lose their lives in the process. You have lost things, but you are still alive. And that is something, that is everything. You've lost stuff, but you are still here. I sympathize with you if you have lost family. Maybe you even know someone, a friend, whose life was cut short in the protest. My heart goes out to you. But you are here, and God is counting on you to get up and to get moving. God is counting on you to take action and not sit in, and wallow in pain and, and in, in tears. Verse 20, now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we will be saved was finally given up. Now remember where they were coming from. They were coming from where Paul had warned them that guys, there's going to be disaster on this journey. We are going to lose everything and possibly our lives. And so by the time all the winds, Euroclidon, South wind, east wind, head winds, and all the various winds had hit them. They gave up hope completely. Completely all hope was lost. You see, as at the time Paul warned them and they chose to still go ahead, by the time things were happening, you know, Paul, is, it's interesting, we learn a lot from him. 
But you and I would have been giving, the, even if you don't say anything, you will give the, you know there's a look, I told you so look. How many people know there's, a, there's an I told you so look? Okay, you don't, maybe you don't know because you're not married just yet. But you know when you're married and you're the wife and your husband makes a, an investment decision or a business decision that you, are, you guys have talked about and you're like, babe, don't do it. And it still goes ahead to do it. But because you're a Christian wife, you don't want to say, did I not warn you? Did I not tell you? So you just give the look when he starts to grumble and complain. Can you imagine? I lost X amount of money. Or they don't even tell you like that. You start to, in the course of a conversation, it just makes its debut in very slightly. And you pick on it. And you don't want to, because you're a Christian wife. You just give the look. But I can imagine that you were in a relationship and all your friends warned you against it. Everybody told you, he's not good enough for you, or he's not good for you, or she's not good for you. you will, this will end in premium tears. And you don't listen. When it happens, your girlfriends won't spare you. They will tell you, oh, but we warned you. You know? Now, if you have friends like, um, for those of you who know Samuel, Samuel Tumbi, amen? He's not in church, but I'm sure. <laughs> if Samuel is your friend, I'm sure he will not spare you. If your friend is a Giro, you know, he'll probably just chip it in nicely, or maybe like a Fola, Fola can maybe sing it to you. <laughs> Caleb, Caleb will probably write you a poem about how foolish you've been, but with love, you know. Or Damilari, Damilari will not spare you. She will just give it to you like that. Or I saw her, you know, we just, God is amazing. He has made us all in different um, shapes and uh, with different temperaments. But whatever it is that you may have goofed on, Paul didn't say to them here, initially he didn't say to them that, look guys, I told you. However, he does say it. But he says it at the time where it was most needed because he needed for their hope to come alive again. He needed for them to be encouraged. And so he would say to them in verse 22, 21, but after long abstinence from food, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now, because a lot of times when we do the I told you so, we don't prefer solutions. We don't encourage usually. We rub it in that you have been very foolish or you have made a mistake and all. But Paul does something very important here because he knew that for them to survive that trip, for them to, to, to not lose their lives, the hope of those guys needed to be reawakened, needed to be restored. And so he says to them, now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the sheep. Now, remember the very first um, prophecy, if I may put it that way, the, the word of knowledge that um, Paul gave them was, look, it was going to be very turbulent and may possibly lead to a loss of life, to loss, loss of lives. And then they were at the place now where they had given up finally and they were so sure that none of them was going to make it out. And Paul will say to them, this will not end with us losing our lives. We're going to come out of here, but we'll lose the ship. We'll lose everything on it, but we will not lose our lives. And that is a reminder to someone here today. Whatever you have gone through in the last 10 months, can I ask that you just package it in the box? Put it all in there, your pain, 
your anger, whatever trauma you have experienced, everything, the bad investment decisions, the pay cuts, financial loss, challenges with your health, or challenges with the health of a loved one, your parents, your sibling, everything. Can I ask that you package it all up and leave it with the last 10 months? Do you know why you need to do that? Because you are coming alive. Because you are stepping into God's plan with clarity of mind and a full understanding of what God is up to. And the same thing goes for us, for our nation. We cannot afford to be clueless about God's move in Nigeria in this season. We may not know it all. We may not have the full picture. But to say that God is not at work in this nation would be a lie. As such, I encourage you, rise up from where you are. Rise up from where you are and follow God. Follow his plans because he has the best plans. And so he would say to them, there stood by me this night an angel of the, of the Lord to whom I belong and to whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. This is one of the things you need to be. You need to be a hope bringer in November. We have a lot of our people that are in pain. You need to be a hope bringer. You need to let your light shine. And you know the funny thing is this. Those of us who are hope bringers, it doesn't mean that we don't have the things we're dealing with. It doesn't mean that we don't have our own issues that we're dealing with. You know, and I, on this note, I just want to appreciate everyone who serves at the LifePoint Church, every leader, every pastor, every minister, and every worker in the house. Because in the course of serving, you lay aside your own pain, you lay aside your own burden, and you attend to others. And I have found time and time again that it's in the course of ministering, encouragement, and hope to others that you find healing as well. That is where God meets with you and heals you in the process and makes a way for you. And it is in the scriptures, it is scriptural. We see Joseph do this. We see him lay aside his pain. You see, if he could not put aside his own pain, he would have missed an opportunity to minister hope to the butler and the baker. If he was consumed by his own pain, consumed with his own problems, and he rightfully so, a lot of us have experienced things that you did not cause. In fact, yours is not that you made a mistake. It is not because you acted ignorantly. Nothing. You are, in fact, you have rightly aligned, like Joseph, completely aligned to God's will. And yet, things have happened for, for you. Things have happened to you that you did not bring upon yourself. Can I encourage you to be a hope bringer? To be the one that shines light where people are struggling, where there's, there's a cloud of darkness, to be that one who ministers encouragement to someone. In fact, just preparing for this, I was asking myself, will there be Dirty December this year? And maybe you guys need to help me out. Are there plans already for Dirty December? It's high time we change the narrative. It's high time people of light began to influence culture. And so I'm expecting that people should begin to think about what we're doing this December, for example. I mean, I don't have a D word for encouragement. Help me if you, if you can. 
I don't have a D word for hope, but help me out if you can, just for the sake of rhyming. But there's got to be something we're doing differently in December 2020. And you need to play your part in it. You need to play your part in it. Joseph would ask the butler and the baker, why are you guys sad? I mean, this is you that you're dealing with your own sadness. Like those ones, they offended. That's why they got in jail anyway. The king, they offended the king and the king decides to punish them. You did nothing wrong. In fact, you did everything right. And yet, look where he, Joseph ended. Maybe that's your story. Maybe that's what you're dealing with. But can you put aside your issues and look for one person in the month of November that you're ministering encouragement to? Someone that you're ministering hope to? Someone that you're, you, you know, you're lifting their hands and helping them, just like um, was it Peter and John at the gate called Beautiful, where they would meet with the man who was born lame, and he was looking to them for alms. But they would say to him, silver and gold we have not. But what we have in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And scripture says that Peter lifted him. They lifted him. They didn't only speak the word, they lifted him. You need to find someone to lift in November. And watch how God will heal you as you attend to other people's business. Watch how he would restore you. Watch how he would turn your life and your life circumstances around for the better. You need to be a hope bringer. And so Paul will say to them, do not be afraid. Okay, yeah, I've read that scripture. Therefore, take heart, verse 25. For I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. What is God saying to you? What has God said to you in the last 10 months? What has God said to you even before you got into 2020 that you have thrown in the trash? Because... Everything that has happened so far does not align with what God has said to you. Can I encourage you to pick it up again? Paul will say, I believe God for as it was told me, that's what's going to be. That is what will happen. As I have heard clearly, who are you listening to? What are you listening to? I've had to tell people in the last three weeks, some people that I have said to them, short of me going to seize their phones and their gadgets, shut down. Take time off social media. You are feeding and consuming a lot of things that are depressing you. They are not helping your mental health. You are in tears every day. And yet you continue to feed on the wrong stuff. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying don't keep abreast of what's going on. By all means, do. But safely, protect your heart first. Protect your heart, protect yourself. Recognizing that your life is very important to God. And for you to be able to do the things that he would have you do, your priority has got to be him first. Are you feeding on the word? Are you taking in the word? Are you stewarding his presence in your life? Are you rightly positioned with him in such a way and manner that you can hear him? You can receive his instructions. You can be rightly guided. Oftentimes what we do is every other thing, then God. And it's almost as though we just sprinkle, you know, a dash of Jesus. 
you know, a little of the Holy Spirit, and we, have, we, we feel like we're all good, we're set. It should be the other way around. It should be God, and then you build every other thing around him. Every other thing needs to be built around God. Not build first and then say, God, do you want to come over? No, it will not work. Okay, so God still shows up in the midst of the storm and he works out everything according to the counsel of his will. God works out everything according to the counsel of his will. But if you don't know his will, what happens is you are very disturbed. You are very uncertain. You are very confused. And with all of that comes all the negative emotions. But Paul, in the midst of a storm, could say to these guys, guys, chill, guys, just relax. I know right now the situation doesn't look like it. But I know whom I serve. I know the one that I belong to. And he has told me expressly that this and this and this is what will happen. We will not die. We will not die. We will leave. We will lose things, but we will leave. And that is an encouragement to someone today. Whatever it is you have lost in the last 10 months, you are alive. You will leave. You will be restored. You will be restored in Jesus' name. And so just to wrap this all up and put it all together, Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, in the world you will have many troubles, sorry, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. The flame will not scorch you. The waters will not overwhelm you. You will not be swallowed up. You will not drown. You will not drown. So lift up your head above the waters and set your eyes on the one who matters most, the one who fashioned you, the one who created you. Take your pain. Take the anger from October. Take that pain. Take that anger. Let it push you into God's presence, not away from God's presence. I find that that's what has been happening in this season. Some people have given up praying. Some people have given up the study of the word because of the things that they are dealing with individually and also because of the stuff that has then happened in the month of October. You have given up hope completely and you have become far away from God. But God is saying to you, I need you. I need you because you have a role to play in all of this. You have a role to play and it is critical. So you need to awaken to your responsibilities. You need to come. Let me heal you. We go away from the source of healing. We disconnect from the one who can comfort us. And we expect to find comfort and healing. We are only prolonging the pain. You are only prolonging your recovery time. But when you come back and you plug in, let him heal you. Let him comfort you. Let him fill you with peace. If peace has eluded you, you don't find peace outside of God's presence. No. Because Jesus by himself, he is peace. He is the prince of peace. And he's the only one that can give you peace. Okay, so Jesus would model, you know, an appropriate response to the storm for us as well in Luke 8, 22. 
Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake. They were filling with water and were in jeopardy. He came to, they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master. Of course, they, they couldn't have said it the way I'm saying it, obviously. Screaming possibly. We're perishing. We are perishing. Somebody needs to cry out, Lord, I need help. I need help. You have spoken to every other person except the one that matters. And you need to be true to him. You need to pour out your pain. Not because he doesn't know what you're going through. He sees it clearly. He sees it. He sees that you're in pain. But you have refused to come to him and talk about it. Because in the place where you come to him, he ministers not only the healing that you need, but other things. He tells you other things. I remember just sharing over the weekend, on, I think it was Saturday, Psalm 23. It's such a powerful scripture, but a lot of us, we gloss over it. We just say it as, you know, the way we say the Lord's Prayer, we just, we just gloss over it. But he's, he prepares a table for you, and he needs for you to sit at that table. He needs for you to be present at the table. And so the disciples will come to him, and they will yell, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. Can we borrow a leaf from Jesus? A lot of us have been, you know, running to people to rebuke the winds for us, the winds of our lives, which is not a bad thing. I mean, it's to thyself be true. Knowing where you are at, it's okay. But remaining there is what is not okay. So over time, your practice may have been just going to people and telling them about the winds and the waves that are, and, and the storm of your life. You speak to them but you don't speak to the issues. What are you saying about what's going on in your life? What are you saying about the current happenings in our country? What are you saying? And who are you speaking to? And so Jesus would address the wind and the waves. He doesn't speak to the disciples. I mean, he, do, he solves the problem first and then comes back to them. But he doesn't say to them, guys, why are you people like this? You know, why you, why you, why you, anyhow, haven't you learned anything? Haven't you, you know, this wind and this wave, how, how is it doing the boats? We talk about our issues. We talk about the pain. We talk about the, you know, the storm. We, we, we paint it in, in, in very gory pictures. We talk about, we don't talk to the storm. We don't talk to the wind and the waves. Jesus spoke to the wind and the wave and they obeyed him. So if your practice before now has been speaking about issues, but not speaking to the issues, to those things that appear as mountains and challenges before you, may I encourage you in the month of November that you practice the habit of rebuking the wind. Pierre would say to us that you are the chief resident prophet of your life. You are the one that can speak to your life more than any other person can. Yes, we believe in prophecies. We believe the word of God and we believe his prophets. But can you practice being the prophet of your own life in the month of November? Where you are taking the issues that are staring you in the face. And you are with the word of God declaring a turnaround in those situations. And so, how do we find victory through the storm? In addition to all the things that I have said, you need to get rid of negativity. You need to guard your peace. Get rid of negativity and guard your heart jealously. Guard your peace jealously. Very important. A negative habit or attitude will not get you through the storm. 
A negative attitude will not get you through the storm. And you need to know that the storm is for a season. It is for a season. It's not forever. And so for the hope and the joy that is set ahead, you endure. You endure, but you speak to it. You speak to it so that it ceases. You speak to it so that it can end its course in your life. It can run its course in your life. You address it so it can come to an end. You need to be deliberate about building your faith in God's word. Building your capacity to trust God in difficult situations. It's usually the, the, you know, the, the, the reverse is the case. When we're in difficult situations, we shut down. We don't study the word. We don't pray. You know, we're overwhelmed. When you're in that phase, I hope to God that you have you know, one, two, three people that are like your support system that you can reach out to and say, guys, I need you to pray for me. I need you to uphold me in the place of prayer. And number two is to ensure that you, it does not remain your, your, your norm. It doesn't remain your, you know, the, the, the place where you remain consistently. You can't pray for so long. You can't study God's word for so long because you are dealing with issues. Find people who can uphold you in the place of prayer, but declare, you know, desire and, and propose in your, in your heart to come out, to come out of that face, to come out of that situation, so you're not there permanently. In fact, in addition to dealing with negative attitude and just despondency and, 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 and despair, you need to feed on joy capsules. You need to find joy capsules that you're taking every day. And you find your joy capsules in God's word. Have one, two, three things you're saying to yourself every day. Even with the pain that you're declaring to yourself or declaring over your life and over your situation. I am a child of God. God loves me. I glory in the knowledge that God loves me. That God is working things out for my good. That God is fashioning my life according to how he has designed it. You know, the events of my life are, are being modeled according to the original intent and purpose of God's plans for me. You need to find things. Uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Say these things to yourself. The word of God works. You see, the word of God on your lips is more powerful than you talking about your situation to people. It carries more power. It is more potent. That as you declare this word, you are strengthened in faith. And you are looking at your situation and any freaking enemy that is trying to mess up with your life. And, you're, and you're, you know, faith is coming alive in you. You, be, you are becoming bold and you are drawing strength by being in God's presence, by speaking his word over your life. Tap into God's many-sided wisdom and power. What has God said to you? What is his promise you need to anchor your faith on God's promise. Like I said, go dig out those things you have forgotten. Go find your, those journals where you have written God's promises to you and you have forgotten them. Bring them out and begin to declare them. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. You see, a state of weariness, and, and that's where we're starting from. A state of weariness does nobody any good. And one of the things that we actively need to guard against in our generation is weariness and despondency. It is so easy to become depressed in this generation. It is so easy. Everything, everything militates against your joy. Everything is fighting for your joy. You know, fighting to steal your joy. That is the work of the enemy. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he knows that when you're in a state of perpetual despondency, God cannot use you. You cannot, 
you know, fulfill his plans and his purposes for your life. It's almost like you press a pause button. And I want us to address that in the place of prayer. I want us to address that right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Can you begin to declare strength? Begin to declare. Scripture says um, in that same Psalm 23 that he restores my soul. He restores my soul. Can you begin to declare that God is restoring joy to you? God is restoring joy to you. He's restoring hope into you. He's restoring his peace into you. Wherever it is that you have lost his peace, wherever you've lost his hope, you know, wherever you've lost hope, declare that hope is coming alive in the name of the Lord Jesus. Declare that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The oil of joy is flowing in your life right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you have a prayer language, now is a good time to pray in the spirit. Now is a good time to pray in the spirit. Whatever it is that is militating against your joy, begin to declare that the hand of the Almighty puts an end to it. Declare that an end has come to everything that steals your joy, to every situation that is stealing your joy. Declare there is a turnaround in the name of Jesus. Someone needs to begin to declare inner strength, that you're growing in strength. God is infusing you in strength. He's infusing your soul in strength. In the name of Jesus, you are praying, strengthen me in my inner man. Strengthen me in my inner man. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, strengthen me. Father, strengthen me. Strengthen my emotions. Strengthen my mind. Strengthen my spirit. In the name of Jesus, I declare that I am bold. Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. They are bold as lions. Declare that is your experience in the month of November. That you are bold. You are courageous. In the name of Jesus, you are able to take on mountains. You are able to take on mountains because the Lord is teaching your hands to war. In the name of Jesus, he is the one that is filling you with the wisdom you need to journey. Declare that he is the one that is teaching you to profit. If you have suffered financial loss in this season, declare that the month of November and December is your season of restoration. It is your season of restoration. Ha, joy is being restored to us. Joy is restored to us. The oil of joy flows in place of the spirit of heaviness. We speak over the cloud of heaviness hanging over any member of the Life Point Church. Begin to declare that the cloud of heaviness is lifted in the name of Jesus. Declare that the cloud of heaviness is lifted over your life, over your home, in the name of Jesus, over your family. Over your friends, you have a friend right now who is depressed, who is struggling, who is suicidal. Declare that the oil of joy flows. Declare healing. Someone is to pray for healing. Declare that you are healed in your mind. You are healed in your body. In the name of Jesus, you are healed. You are healed. Healing is your portion. Begin to declare that you experience the healing power of God in every way. In the name of the Lord Jesus, someone needs to pray for supernatural encounters in the month of November. Paul had a supernatural encounter. He had a divine encounter and such he knew what to do. He could rightly guide. I mean, Paul was a prisoner. Ideally, in the scheme of things, nobody should listen to him. And that was what happened. They did not listen to him the first time. Would you declare over your life that you enjoy supernatural encounters in the month of November? In the name of the Lord Jesus, that the hand of the Lord rests mightily upon your life. You enjoy divine encounters. You enjoy revelation knowledge. You hear God clearly. 
Your ears are open to hear. In the name of Jesus, your eyes are open to see. They are flooded with light. Like the sons of Issachar, you have an understanding of the times and the seasons of your life. You have an understanding of God's plans and purposes for your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, would someone pray this morning, Father, help me to get the right perspective on issues. Help me to get the right perspective on the events of my life. Oh, I want to understand what is going on. I have suffered for too long. I have been in this storm for too long. I want the right perspective so that I can respond accurately, so that I can respond correctly. You need to gain the right perspective over the, of the events of your life. Joseph had the right perspective, which was why he could stay grounded. He knew what mattered by time was pleasing God, regardless of the things that were happening to him, whether he was being set up or not. Would someone declare this morning, I gained the right perspective in the name of Jesus. I walk with clarity for the rest of this year in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. Can we sing that song? Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.